Hi, this is Tiffany, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, music. this is Rob Hill from Canada, and I absolutely love AVA Live Radio. Hi, this Radio. is Tara Everly of Iridescence, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, guys, this is Jacqueline Jackson. Hello, everyone. This is Jacqueline Jacks from AVA Live Radio. On today's show, you're going to hear from Rosetta Fire, a UK band with a new single called Shakedown that I absolutely love. We're going to be sitting down with them and talking about the new single as well as the band's most forward-looking projects and why it's a labelless music industry today for the indie artists. Come walk the journey with us, but first listen to the song because I know you're going to love this. This is Shakedown by Rosetta Fire. They're on Spotify. We thought about it once or twice Tried to figure our next move But the timing never felt this right So we do what we're doing again
that was Rosetta Fire with Shakedown. Hey there, welcome to AVA Live Radio. Hi there, can you hear me? I can, who's this? It's Anthony. Hi Anthony, how are you? I am well, thank you. I am well. How are you, so? Are you well? Good, thank you. Yeah, very, very well. You kind of have an accent like my mother. She's from England. What part are you from? Um, I'm from Liverpool originally. Oh, but, uh, nice. So, excellent. Yeah, home of the Beatles and all that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, my mom's been to the cave, and uh, she tells me Teddy Boy stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so your mom's from England originally then? She is, yeah, and so are her seven brothers and sisters, so very, very big family. <laughs> they, oh, yeah, I know, you know, I know have, that. I know that one. Come from big family myself. Of, right? All <laughs> kinds of cool stories. Pretty interesting. Tell me about the band, because I love your music. I think you guys are doing such a great job. Oh, well, well what is there to say? There's so much. Uh, it's more specific. I mean, <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, for instance, I listened to some of the new tracks that you have. When were they released? Like, when did Shakedown come out? So Shakedown only actually came out um, just a few weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Um, the nice. official release date. It was, it was meant to come out in February, but we kind of delayed it a bit uh, due to admin errors. Um, and it officially came out. Uh, I love it, back. though. Yeah. You said that, well, so when you were doing the pre-interview, you guys said that it's a different version now than when you first started. How did that kind of take yeah. place? Well, it, it's um, when we when we first wrote the song, it was a standard formula, like three verses, two choruses, and uh, we took it into the studio and thought this this needs to change. We need to put something in here and take this out here, and we just basically stripped it and rebuilt it, and it is now what you hear, um, which is much better. Wow, than my that's opinion. great. So you kind of have like a process of developing them in the studio because some of the bands will actually develop them on stage by like multiple touring dates and just kind of really you know getting used to the song and seeing what comes out by the time they get in the studio they've already pretty much got a tested version yeah yeah to be fair that's that's uh, that's a lot of that's kind of the way i do my lyrics in, in quite a few of the songs is i'll just i'll ad lib quite a lot when a song's first written and for the first few gigs they won't have any solid lyrics and then eventually it'll melt into one and I'll have one solid set of lyrics that I use for the song. Wow, you're brave. That's awesome. Have you ever flubbed it? I mean, I know that like, if I don't know a song really well, then I will change the lyrics and people don't tend to notice that much. <laughs> but yeah, well, actually, if, if, if it's brand new, nobody really knows the lyrics anyway, so you can get away with it a bit. <laughs> like, I'll just skip a sentence if I can't think of it, right? <laughs> you blank out yeah. and get like a mind warp. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So who's who's working with you guys on your music? Um, so we just, we write our own. So I mean, we've got Ben, who's our, who's our, um, our record label, uh, which is Jamming Records. Um, but aside from that, we're just kind of an independent thing, you know. We're both from different producers for different recordings. How do, you, how do you feel about the way that the industry has become? I mean, it's a really a DIY marketed indie music industry today. You know, a lot of the artists aren't signing with labels because they just haven't been offered a deal that can move them faster forward than what they can do themselves. Do you, how do you feel about yeah. it? No, it's very true. And, and, and to be honest with you, it's, uh, 
in the way the, the the internet has shaped music, I don't think you really need a deal nowadays. You've got direct access to the public. They've got direct access to you. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I mean, gigs... There was a there was a point where gigs wasn't really the main money spinner, but now with the, the advent of Spotify and stuff like that, and and uh, streaming media, so to speak, I think people generally, well, that's why they charge a lot more for gigs nowadays, and people charge money more for gigs because they're not making money from record de- from record sales, so therefore mm-hmm. record deals have changed as well. And if, if, if I think if a record label can't see making money from gigs, then they're not going to offer deals. Um, and that's the reason why I reckon. You know, in the States, they do a lot of merchandise here at the gigs and they, they really do survive on crowdfunding and merchandising. And the crowdfunding is more like we're going to put out for our new, um, our new single or our new album in vinyl or cassette or, you know, signed CDs or special limited edition products that you can't really get outside of the crowdfund for the, you know, the, the more dedicated fans. And then they've been turning that into, you know, their mailing list or concert tickets, sales and all that. And then just kind of keep going in that looper. Do you have yeah. any kind of plan like that that you do out in the UK? Is that the same for you? Um, it is and it isn't. I mean, a lot of people do go that way, especially if they want to mm-hmm. record albums because it's so expensive to record an album. Yeah. Um, sure. And if you haven't got somebody behind you who's willing to, to back you, then... And yeah, it, it can be a very costly process. And to be honest with you, getting the, getting the crowds involved is, is a good way to go as well. I mean, it means your fans are involved in what you're doing and they're with you every step of the way on the journey. So I can see, I can see the benefits of it. But no, the second part is we haven't got anything in place like that at the moment. That we're looking so do you guys, do you typically release singles? Because I also love Against the Odds. I listened to that the other day and, and I really like that song as well. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a, that, that was uh, 2012. Now that one, quite quite a bit older. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't see that because I was listening <laughs> on Spotify, so it didn't really give me like the date on the screen that I had on. But I was listening through, and I, you guys have such great, you know, just different songs. But I really connect with them lyrically. I think that they're they're easy to listen to, and you definitely have a point of view in them. Are you writing all the songs yourself? Yeah, typically, typically I will. I'll generally write the lyrics. I mean, we'll obviously talk about everything um, as we're going through it. Jimmy writes mm-hmm. the music mostly, and I write the lyrics and melody. That's how it normally works out. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, You've done a great job. How long have you been writing? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I've been writing for ages <laughs> since I was probably yeah. about. Uh, the first songs I wrote was probably about fifteen, sixteen years old. It's therapeutic, um, isn't it? It is, yeah. So you go back to the early 90s or mid-90s for that one. And uh, yeah, my first song. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Yeah, very much so. Did you start as songs or did they start like as poems or, you know, just kind of I personally, writing? Yeah. It's an interesting question. I think personally I started off with poetry and then I learned to play the guitar afterwards. Um, yeah, I did too. And then I, I kind of fitted them, into, fitted them into the melody kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you get on writing streaks? I, I remember these times when, like, the, I usually get on streaks where once I write one thing, then all of a sudden I write a bunch of things. And then I yeah, kind of, like, yeah. skip for a little while, you know, and don't write anything. And then it all comes back again. Yeah, absolutely, completely. I'm actually going through a little bit of a writing streak right now, but it's been a lull for a little while, so it's quite well. Yeah. 
It's funny, right? You get what most inspires you. What do you figure? I mean, is it something you can turn on? Because sometimes if I read other poems or if I start looking like even on Instagram, people publish their poems there. So you can really get inspiration from anything or write, you know, some of the favorite poems really inspire me. Completely, yeah. I mean, I, I generally try and put myself in other people's shoes if I can, or like in, if I work it into a story. So I'm kind of looking at a perspective of a different person. Like if you watch the Mr. Telephone video, um, I, I wrote the video very specifically to, to like reflect the lyrics of what was meant to be happening within the song. It's kind of the song was about a would-be stalker, so to speak, and it's how everything unfolded from his eyes. And then at the end, mm-hmm. he out he's not exactly what it seems. Uh, yeah, that's again, it's just that. kind of trying to put yourself in other people's shoes, if you will. That's great. What are you lo- most looking forward to now? Like, what's next for you guys? Um, well, at the moment, I mean, we've got a few gigs coming up, and I think we're going to get uh, onto a, a bit of a break and a bit of a writing session so we can get some more new material on the go. Because we've got, um, yeah, we need to get more stuff out there. So that's the plan. I think. Yeah, I know. There definitely yeah. has been a push for bands to release more content because the more obviously inventory you have, you know, then the, your, your investment of bringing a new fan on to your fan base, it goes a little further. Cause they'll listen. Like I, I didn't just listen to one song. I went through all of them, you know, and, and some of them several times. So when you introduce your stuff to a new person, then you have that chance. If you have a larger inventory of really capturing them and making a mark. I don't know about other people's habits because a lot of times you'll discover them in playlists, but like on social media, certainly if you connect with one person and you look at how I went through the songs, I could see people listening to whole albums almost, or just a lot of content once they like songs, right? Yeah, yeah, totally, completely, yeah. I mean, I, I think I went through exactly the same thing when I discovered the Wombat, the band over in, in the UK. Brilliant band, I highly recommend listening to um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I discovered them at, at a festival, heard them play once, and then onto Spotify, downloaded their whole back album, and have it on play everywhere I go. Yeah, <laughs> so right. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. yeah, I I feel like you know, there's got to be. I mean, there's no doubt about it. If you if you play the game on Spotify and you end up on some of their playlists, there's this point like you're gonna get a single that I've had a lot of artists go through this. They'll get a single that really takes off and and they'll net some rewards from the single, even though the payout's very small, but they found that it's still a really thin trickle down for people leaving a playlist to go seek the artist. And even though they might maybe take action to share that song, hopefully to their own playlist and then go back and revisit it. The average person that's doing that has like hundreds of songs on their playlist. So it's still a very <laughs> passive, you know what I mean? It's still a very passive type of thing. And yeah, um, very much so. I think that's the big gap, you know, mm-hmm. but I did have some great news because Spotify recently invested $500 million in podcasting, meaning that they bought, oh. They purchased uh, Anchor FM, which is one of their many purchases, and Anchor is one of our sponsors and certainly one of the channels that we're on. So we're not only on Spotify, but we are also with Anchor. And so, um, you know, part of that. And it's been good because they've been really giving the creators so much more energy, power, um, just 
all kinds of different insights. And, and I've noticed that Spotify itself, the podcasting platform, so our channel on Spotify has been boosted since they took over. And it's oh, wow. been good because it means that they're trying to get their audience from only the music, but onto the podcast and listening to podcasts. And so many people are, which is a little less passive than the playlist system. You know, in other words, yeah. people could be hearing you and discovering you right now. So if they did look up Rosetta Fire. This podcast is going to come up and they're going to say, oh, they're talking. I can go hear the interview. So that's what I found <laughs> is really amazing. You know, that's really good stuff. I think it's going to be, you yeah. know, a, a little boost to indie artists in the future, especially through indie music radio stations like this one. Yeah, well, we can, we can use all the help we can get. No. For sure. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. It was been so nice talking to you. Thank you for coming on this show. I appreciate you taking the time out. I know you're so far away and it's probably late. It's it's okay. I thought it'd be much later, actually. I thought it was going to be around 8 o'clock tonight, but it turns out it's 5 o'clock, so we're all right. Just in a time oh, there now. You go. Some food. <laughs> yes, go have some food. Thanks for joining me. And I still look forward to seeing your next project. I'm going to go watch some of your videos now. Excellent. I like the sound of it. Well, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. Absolutely. What a great interview. That was Rosetta Fire. Anthony was just with me interviewing and, you know, very, very friendly. And I, I love the man. I love their music, too. I think that they've just done a great job. And I look forward to seeing more from them. I'm sure you're going to hear a lot more on AVA Live Radio for sure. If you want to go seek out more information about the band, we do have a page on our website. It's linked below the episode. You can also just go directly to avaliveradio.info and look for Rosetta Fire. I would find them on Spotify, too, if you do have your own playlist, like we were saying. We just added their songs to a lot of ours. And that's the music world today. This is Jacqueline Dax for AVA Live Radio. Thanks so much for being here, and I hope to see you guys again tomorrow. Hi, this is Tiffany, and I love AVA Live Radio. This is Brian J. Klein, and I love AVA Live Radio. Hey, music. this is Rob Hill from Canada, and I absolutely love AVA Live Hi, this Radio. Hi, Tara Everly of Iridescence, and I...